Hi, we are Angie and Annalie, and this is Brain Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. Hooray! Brain Basement! is back. Is it okay to cheer for ourselves? I don't even know. I'm happy that we are back to be here talking to Annalie again. So here we are, Angie, Sally, and Annalie Little after a hiatus, reconnecting with our community. Today we will talk about that feeling of feeling wound up. Annalie brought up this idea. And that's exactly how I'm feeling today, wound up. So we will discuss that and how we kind of coach ourselves, life coach ourselves, or talk to a life coach, how we go through that when you're on that feeling of wound up. And while we're feeling wound up, let's start off with three deep breaths. And for everyone listening, Finding that time to just be still, check in with your body, feel your breath moving through you. See if you can notice the sensation of your lungs filling up, of your belly filling with breath. Noticing how often you're breathing what your rhythm feels like in that moment, this moment, being here now. And maybe if you have the time, check in with the sounds around you. See if you can notice any sounds in the distance. Seeing if you notice anything that you can smell. Feeling the quality of your breath through your mouth and your nose. Bringing some relaxation to your muscles, in your fingers, in your face, in your neck and shoulders. Feeling that softening, allowing some space for release here. And then carrying that peaceful stillness that gentle awareness with you as you bring yourself back into focusing on this moment in time, maybe opening your eyes and joining us for for a talk. 
Now that we're all relaxed, let's talk about feeling wound up. <laughs> Hi, Annalie. Hi, Angie. How's it going? Um, it's okay. Wound up? <laughs> Man, that did feel nice to take a little break. I thought while you were talking, like there's no way I can unwind in three breaths. But I actually feel like one notch closer to being a little bit more unwound. So oh, thanks. That's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, how would you, what do you describe the feeling of wound up as? What does that feel like for you? Yeah. So as I was thinking about the topic today and you know, what, why would we call it wound up? I've been feeling lately a lot of emotions at the same time. So like more than one and ones that we would typically, I would typically categorize as more heavy or stronger emotions. Like even the other day, I started naming them in my head and I was like, okay, I felt regret this week. I felt jealousy this week. I felt sadness this week. And like all three of those, I don't want to be feeling them. I mean, they're very normal to feel, but at the same time, I was like, gosh, when I actually put a name to him, I was like, those feel kind of heavy. And, and I feel like they're just taking turns for the stage. You know, they're just kind of, but like kind of quickly, like in one hour, I can feel this quite a range of emotions. So I think that's what why I came to the word wound up because I feel wound around these emotions mm -hmm. and haven't really taken the time to like tease them out, if that makes sense, okay. besides just naming them. But what about you? How would you describe feeling wound up? That makes sense to me. I mean, you and I talked about using this topic for our discussion and then this morning I was driving and I thought I can feel myself on edge today and I thought of the term on edge and I thought this is wound up and I really thought just the word wound up feels different to me than overwhelm which I feel like overwhelm is something I hear all the time today we all talk about overwhelm and I read about overwhelm and that's what articles are about. And I don't know how everyone defines overwhelm, but wound up feels to me like stress in my body, like tightness. It feels tense. And when I thought of that this morning, I thought, how did, how did this happen? Did I wake up and start maybe thinking of things that need to take place? So I'm at a point in our life where it's May 19th right now as we're recording this. So we're moving in the next few months and I am starting to think of all the, make sure the doctor's appointments happen, get all the forms and paperwork in for school, for the new location, for the car, for the vehicles, all of the technical details that feel like a list of things that must get done with a due date. And that has me feeling wound up. It's 
different than the feeling last month, which felt like we don't have dates ahead. We don't have, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of known answers. So it wasn't a feeling of all is calm and peaceful, but it didn't feel like there's a deadline happening that things need to get done by. So I'm noticing that I feel wound up once there's, I guess it's a moving day. I wonder if it's having the moving date ahead and then things that must get done before yeah. then makes me feel wound up. Yeah. I can totally relate like this. It's kind of a really urgent to-do list feeling. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, you know, because we live this life of moving so often, like, is this just a feeling that is very familiar to us? Just once we know we're moving, it just pops up or I don't know. It's just when it's go time, it's like, like some button is pushed in my head and it's like, now it's time to feel wound up. <laughs> like, you know, this feeling really well. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting to think about it in the context of when it shows up in our transient life. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And yeah. because there are times in my life where I have a date years ahead and I'm not feeling wound up that whole time. Yeah. At what point does it become, is it three months out that that, then that feeling starts to come into action most days of just holding on to more tension than I would normally feel. Yeah. Yeah. And it has me thinking like when I was feeling these emotions and naming them and just, yes, feeling so wound up, like how do I unravel myself? Or is it the type of thing where it's just like, I'm going to be wound up until my list is done, maybe push through for a month, you know? And then of course that doesn't sound like the best way to live, but <laughs> I sometimes just do that. Like this is short lived. I've got four weeks of this is just like hammer through it and <laughs> get to the end of the month. And then I'll unwind again. Yeah. Like, what if I was doing something every day that helped me just deal with the, that inner stress, like you said, that tightness that I know is going to happen every day. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's back to our old discussion, right? Like what if sitting still for 20 minutes a day would help us over that three month period I'm sure we would be more productive. We would be more likely to check things off the list, to have a really easy list by, you know, crunch time and everything would go better. And will we actually invest those 20 minutes a day? Probably not. More likely for me, I will <laughs> avoid that 20 minutes a day, think that I have to hustle to get things done and kind of procrastinate, put things off and stress. So yeah. Does knowing it even help us if we don't install that time for quiet and stillness in our lives when we need it? Yeah. Well, it's like all those studies that they do out there about productivity mm -hmm. and like how taking breaks and rest actually enhance our productivity, right. but yet 
mentally, I don't even allow myself to accept those evidence-based <laughs> statistics because something in my head means, no, like if I use this five minutes to send an email, then that's way more productive than sitting in yeah. silence for 20 minutes. I think so too. And even if I, if I designate an hour a day to read, I can do that at times. And, and I'm just reading some doofy novel, but even that I cannot designate time to sit still. If I try for more than 20 minutes, just listen to a meditation, be still, not have distractions. It's really hard for me to keep that routine on a daily basis. I can read because it's just a mindless distraction, but when it's honestly a kind of just relax um, is being as my focus, I can't commit to that as often. Yeah. So I'm curious how this goes down in a coach client relationship. Like, do you have clients that are coming to you with this kind of, these kind of issues? And if you do, like what order, where do you kind of start with them? Because I think if we, I'm curious about what you do because like, what can we do? Like translate the, translating that into our own lives and like, how do we coach ourselves through these? That's really interesting because as you asked me that I went to myself. So I, I myself have, I pay a life coach that I meet with almost every week. And when I sign that contract to work with her, I intend like you know, whenever I did a year ago or something, my intention was this is, these are the things I will work on. And this is what I want it to accomplish in working with a coach. The things that I can't see happening for myself that I want to have an outside perspective on and a place to just be completely honest. And when I show up for that session each week, I honestly don't know the day before what I'm going to discuss because it does happen that sometimes I just wake up, um, you know, and something weird has happened in life or I've gotten a weird phone call or I have, you know, some new event or something happened with my family that I'm just going to end up talking about that. <laughs> and I had intended to talk about my focus on work or something else. So um, my coach never knows what she's going to get when she shows up to do a session with me. Um, but I do find that it's like the meditation that once you make the commitment to having that discussion, and if I'm just unraveling, let's say like an argument with one of my teenagers that happened over waking up that morning, um, that I will think like, this is just such a small minor thing that's happening in my life. But of course, if I can unravel that and discuss it and go through that piece by piece, the, my coach is going to show me the ways in which that's applicable to the whole, the rest of my day, the rest of my week, the other areas of my life that I'm, you know, whatever, having challenges that I can apply this same situation because it's, 
probably coming from me feeling more stressed or me feeling fearful or, you know, whatever event happened, once we uncover the feeling, then that feeling is affecting multiple things in my life. So, and then as a coach on the other side of things, when I'm working with a client, yes, I can definitely, you know, have clients who come and they just say, okay, just want to unpack this one issue that's causing concern for me. And I don't want to talk about this other stuff. This other stuff has nothing to do with it. Nothing, definitely. And then as we talk and discuss, we can always pull in that, um, you know, I can kind of point out in the bigger scope of things, if I'm talking to a parent who is worried about their kid having either a trauma response or, you know, their kid, I can pull in that because you are fearful of this, you're actually having your own concern over trauma and focus on trauma, which might then be affecting your child too. And it's like this mind blowing moment for the client to realize, oh, I thought I was just worried about my kid and not paying any attention to myself. But Mm -hmm. if I pay attention to myself, that applies to everything. I don't know if what I'm saying, I don't know if I'm explaining this very clearly. No, I like resonate with what you were saying about, um, well, when I had a coach as well, same idea. Like I kind of stressed over the fact that I was going to meet with her because I was like, I felt like I had to prepare Mm -hmm. like my top three. Yeah. Concerns. And whenever we met, she's like, no, that's the whole point. Like you come and I'm helping to guide you and be that out of body, like observer Uh looking at showing you your own brain, showing you your own emotions. And um, I think that's what the, like in my head, that's what a coach is. And I see that it's valuable in this context of feeling wound up because I am so in my own head. I'm so in my own body. Like I need that person outside of me to tell me what they're seeing because I, I'm so, I guess another word that's so familiar is stuck, right? It mm-hmm. feels just so stuck in my own feelings. And um, I just value having a coach. I do not have one right now. So then my next question mm-hmm. is, I know, like I need that third, that out of, that person, that other party. But um, like, if we don't have a coach or a therapist, this is kind of what I'm curious about. Like, how can we start to unwind ourselves? Like, is there, like, I know it's not like a set step-by-step process for everyone, but I think we can talk about what we do. Yeah. What little things do you do to help you unwind yourself? Like you're self-coaching yourself really, or I am. Yeah. I mean, I think self-coaching is really helpful. It is this tool. I really think the entire world needs to learn about coaching when you're nine years old, right? (laughs) Everyone, we just need to talk about talking to our kids, separating. Okay. What are the facts? tell me the facts without the emotion. And now tell me the emotion. What are the differences? So um, 
for me personally, to answer your question, what I do when I want to sort something out is I think like, why am I so frustrated by this making the bed argument? Like this is the most ridiculous. It can be the smallest minutia of your day, the little inane things that happen. And it's the making the bed argument that I'm absolutely certain. Like you said, it's my experience. I know it's ridiculous. I know it's pointless. I know it's not going to lead to anything. And if I write down all the reasons I'm so frustrated over the making the bed argument and the making the bed thing, then maybe I will be able to see that it's actually about me feeling out of control and wanting control. It has nothing to do with the bed. It has nothing to do with the argument or the things I said. But if I can notice, oh, wait, I feel totally out of control in my life right now. So I'm trying to have control in small areas. That's great understanding to know about myself. So then I can notice from the rest of the, throughout the rest of the day, what are other areas in which I'm grasping for control? Okay, I'm doing it here. I'm doing it here. That makes sense. I know why I'm grasping for control. I can see how it's happening. Even if I don't change anything about my behavior, I at least know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really helpful, but so many times... I can't see that. So I need, the, I need the coach to tell me because I just kind of keep telling myself, it's really important. The bed thing just should go this way. It makes a lot of sense that the way I am saying it should happen this way. Yeah. Um, and it's I'm just going to say bed, right? right. <laughs> over and over. It's just about the bed. Right. This has nothing to do. And I mean, that's the funniest thing about it is when you just look at the small things happening in your life that you, you can see your emotion. Someone else doesn't have this emotion about the bed making. Um, and we all have different emotions all the time, but once we can just separate the facts and then not go into it's because that person's a terrible person and they don't understand anything about bed making and they never have and they never will and it's and you know we we just go into these spirals yeah (laughs) we don't look at our emotions or anything yeah what do you do do you try to I try to write and journal like I'll make a list of all the ways this bed thing is frustrating what do you do? Yeah. And as you're talking, I just have to say this really quick. It feels like there are the things that are happening and then there's all the drama that we put on top of it or around it. Yes. And it's like, I feel like wound up is more focused on the drama Mm -hmm. of it almost then or the story I'm telling me myself about the thing that's happening versus being wound up about the thing that's happening even yeah. it's like even if it's this really stressful thing like moving our family overseas like that's something I feel like is natural to get wound up about but yeah if I like peel away the layers and kind of investigate it usually it's like my anxiety about the move or like my anxiety about how it's going to impact the kids instead of just like thinking really clearly about what needs to happen for the move right now or 
what, how is my child acting right now and focusing on that. But, um, so what do I do similar to what you were saying? Cause you know, when I was working with a coach, it was like teasing out those thoughts, like what's really running through your head and causing mm-hmm. you to feel a certain way. And I've been like really curious about this. Cause I think for me, it's really effective if I just go straight to the emotion first, mm-hmm. I feel like that's my, that's my doorway into this process of self-coaching. So if I can sit down and just start listing emotions, like what I was saying earlier, like regret, jealousy, sadness, then I can just start to question, like, why are those emotions here? Why would that have shown up? I think it's similar to you because you were saying that kind of the same thing, like, why am I so frustrated about the bed? And I've wondered, like, for other people, is it easier for them to go to their thoughts first? Like, what am I thinking right now? And then when they start thinking about their thoughts, they can start to kind of peel back those layers Mm -hmm. or just how people orient themselves around this idea of like an inner reflection. And, but for me, it's like, I guess I, my emotions are more readily available to me than my thoughts. I can get to my thoughts after I get name my emotions, if that makes sense. Oh, wow. That is interesting. I wonder too. I think, I think maybe my emotions are not as clear as my thought because my thought is like, I'm really focused on it. It's just running through my brain over and over again. And my thought is like, I'm right about the bed. Like everyone knows I'm right about the bed. Everyone would agree. I'm right about the bed. And then when I look at my feelings, I'm like, wait, what am I frustrated? Am I annoyed? Am I worried about am I (laughs) and I have to ask myself what the feeling is yeah um and I think it's cool like it works anyway you know it's just interesting to think about how people come at this differently like what's their most accessible first step yes yeah And so for anyone listening, if anyone wants to do this, think of like a silly problem or maybe a a big problem that's concerning you right now. I would try to write down and identify a fact about the situation. So my fact would be um, this morning at 7.30, you know, I told my son to make his bed. Like that's that's what happened, but there's, it wouldn't be a fact that, you know, I was kind about it because maybe I wasn't, we don't know what mood I was in or what tone of voice I said, but if I said, make the bed, that those could be words that came out of my mouth. I would identify one fact about the situation, see if you can identify the emotion that you're feeling and then what you're thinking, what in your mind were you thinking this has to get done today. Were you thinking this should get, this should have already been done? What were you thinking? Um, but then, and just building awareness around those three things in each little situation that you come up with. Annalie, when you were saying, um, maybe it's just my anxiety about the move, or I think you said something like, obviously an international move is a big stressor as if that that's a fact, right? That's not right. Some people are like, okay, super, this is excellent. So then I would, I would just ask you 
like if I was your coach and this was a call, I would say, how often when you focus on this is my anxiety about the move, how often do you focus on this is my certainty about the move? How, how certain I am that my kids are going to have so much fun once we get to the new place. And, or how often do you focus on my gratitude about the move? Like, these are all the things I'm so the reasons I'm so happy about moving and the things I can see. And is it as often as you say, focus on the anxiety or do you focus on the anxiety nine times out of 10? Do you focus on it six times out of 10? What's the balance between my certainty and excitement and gratitude towards this move or is it mostly anxiety? Yeah. Well, and it's like to name a fact, mm-hmm. it feels really like simple in my head. But when you put it like that, it's like there are certain thoughts that feel so like universally true. Yes. Like, can't everyone on the planet get behind the idea that moving is like the worst thing? <laughs> Maybe there's people that love moving. Yeah. I totally see what you're saying. Um, Right. There are like, there is somewhere in the world right now, there is like a 32 year old who's lived in the same house. Who's like, imagine moving. If I could move, that would be the most amazing thing in my life. If I could move out of this house and live somewhere else, that would be a dream come true. Incredible. Which when it's put like that, I could probably think of someone I know. Yeah. But when we have this job to move every two or three years, <laughs> it feels different. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I then, like that. And that's what the work does, right? Because right. it eases out like the drama around it. Right. Then you have to remember, like you're thinking so clearly, like, but obviously it's stressful and it's hard and you just think it's true. Like that is a true fact, but it's not like even you and I, um, you can think to Azerbaijan and we know the same people. And there were people living in Azerbaijan who this is their life. And they have to move every two years who were thinking, I cannot wait to move. I am really looking forward to our next move, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and when I was, when I've had a life coach in the, in the past, like just you bringing this up has made me think of this is, okay, so we bring more awareness around what we're thinking, like our current wound up state. And then maybe when we get more flexible around it and we're just kind of playing around with some ideas and get curious, you know, my coach was like, what if we brought in this element of fun? Like, okay, so how can we make this fun? Can we even go there? Like, Mm -hmm. can, we'll just keep with this example of moving, like can a move ever in the universe be fun? Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm just glad you brought this up because that's an option. Like that's available to every single one of us to get that curious and that creative around something that feels terrible (laughs) (laughs) and just get playful 
because when I get loose around it, I can start to think like, actually, there are some things that we're super excited about, or even like the packing aspect. I kind of have fun sometimes because I like have a system. Yeah. Which may sound super geeky to someone, but. But that's, I, yeah, I wanted this to turn into a coaching call for myself anyway. (laughs) So I'm glad we're going there because um, I think like the power of the work, right? Yeah, yeah, this is it, right? And that's it. It's like we, it's so easy to get stuck in that cycle of like, but obviously this is hard obviously it's challenging, obviously it's stressful. So there are no other answers. It's just closed off as this is what it will be. And you don't have to change that to like, it's wonderful. I love it. But if you can just change it to maybe it's not obviously hard, maybe sometimes it's hard and some people have fun with it. Maybe I could write a list. I like what you said about moving. Like, what if it's like when we arrive at our next post, I'm going to take note of every single like gross, goofy thing that we move that I wish didn't arrive. You know how when you're unpacking and you're like kids, like Play-Doh creation or something like it's just like, what in the world? Why did this get moved? Why did this make the cut? And how is it here? And like, what if you just had a list of all those items that you would be like, looking at it and laughing like this is so absurd this is how many things we accidentally moved and didn't (laughs) did not remove from our house and things that show up and there are as soon as you can start to think of it as it doesn't have to be miserable And remember that you can still think like, God, sometimes this is miserable, but then you're also like, and I can't wait to go back to our favorite park. My kids are going to be so happy when they, whatever, unpack their quilts and get their new beds. And you're just, it's just a more balanced way of thinking of it because you're not stuck in one perspective. Yeah. You know what this is reminding me of is when I'm texting a friend, a situation in my life Mm -hmm. and I'm choosing the emoji to go with my story. This is what I feel like this is in real life because this morning we ran into, yeah, I was telling you this water situation at our house where we realized that we use the water that's being poured into a hole and underneath our house, as opposed to like like plastic containers containers. living in the concrete under our house. Anyway, I sent a text to our neighborhood on our neighborhood chat. Like I got a glimpse of where our water's coming from for the first time. And I really could have chosen any emoji. You know, it could have been like the bawling your eyes out. It could have been like the red face with curse word. Yeah. The green vomit face. yeah the vomit but like I kind of wanted to keep it light because someone on the chat is part of like the management housing committee Mm -hmm. so I was like I don't want to send the wrong message that I'm like this um you know high maintenance person or whatever and so I like put the 
laughing emoji. Like this is such a joke. Uh Anyway, the reason why I think this is relating is because it feels like as simple as that. Like what emotion do I want to attach to this situation that I normally would be really wound up about? Like my water has cockroaches in it (laughs) and we shower in that water. I could be any number of feel any number of emotions about that. But um, I guess it's just teaching me this lesson that like any emoji is optional. That's right. (laughs) Just, you know, any emotion is optional. And I'd rather laugh about our disgusting water because there's nothing we can do about it Mm -hmm. than any of the other emojis, at least today. So that's my real life <laughs> example of what you're saying. Oh, it's I don't know if that makes sense. But. Oh my gosh, yes. I look, that's a good way to look at it. What an, what emoji am I attaching to this situation? And then we can all kind of picture, oh, I'm in anger because I'm feeling that red face with the, yeah, with the at hashtag percentage. <laughs> symbols coming out of their mouth yeah Uh, um we should wrap up on that note um I'm feeling gratitude for getting to talk to you again and getting back in action do we say that on every podcast I think we say we're back I know after a month of being gone we're back again (laughs) and we'll see you next week but then we don't really yeah life um all right thanks for talking let's talk more about this again okay sounds good